Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. It's time we got coastal with a little sprinkle of good old-fashioned Catholicism. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. A man who has found a replacement for NC State as the closest thing to an NFL team. Uh-oh. And with me, as always, is AJ Rudy was offside Marchese. Boy jumped. Today, we're going to continue our summer scouting series with the ACC featuring silly independent Notre Dame. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Going out to Vegas, maybe. Looking for a young or a two-o. Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third or don't let's go seven rounds let's go seven rounds together let's go seven rounds forever and that's a song football is back ab is in oakland levion's with the jets obj and jervis Landry have teamed up again in cleveland one thing that hasn't changed though where i'm placing my bets this season my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000 and only costs $100 to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie is live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Win up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit by putting in $100 and my bookie will give you an extra 100 to gamble with. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. MyBookie.ag That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G And don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR. C-H-A-I-R And when creating your account to claim... Er, when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, get paid, my bookie. ACC football, kind of 
featuring Notre Dame. Let's jump into the quarterbacks. Unfortunately, we're a year away from Trevor Lawrence. Even more unfortunately, not a great crop of draft-eligible QBs in the ACC. Oh, no, it's not. I mean, especially when Alex Horner Brooks in the group. Hey, did, did him transferring the ACC hurt this group? Uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> First off, I'm going to say this. I'm interested in the, there's a guy in this conference that I haven't seen. There's no tape cut on him. And I'm lazy and didn't go out of my way to to really grind his tape. I uh, respect that. Boston College quarterback Anthony Brown. I think that's a mm-hmm. guy to watch. Yeah. No, he's interesting. I mean, just from watching live games, BC games last year. Yeah. So, he's not a guy I'm going to talk much about. But my number one guy in the ACC is Virginia's QB Bryce Perkins. I mentioned at the top my new team that will be compared to an NFL franchise that's not NC State. It's Virginia. Uh, Virginia's got a lot of dudes, man. And, yeah, Perkins is a solid quarterback. I uh, He looks like an NFL backup. He does. When I watch him, it reminds me a bit of, like, current state Robert Griffin III. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, like, not the Heisman explosiveness, but uh, it can move Smooth pretty mover, well. Smooth pretty yeah. decent arm. Not the greatest mechanically can... No. Struggle under pressure, deep accuracy is a little iffy, but makes plays with his legs. He's got that lean, wiry frame. I can see him being a QB2 in a system that is looking for some mobility and playmaking mm-hmm. from their quarterback. No, I definitely think he could be a long-term NFL backup. Um, Potentially Kyler Murray's backup in a year. I'll say I it. Hate, I don't hate that. But yeah, to, to me, he was the most interesting of the group, and... Playing on the team kind of with the most upside among the quarterbacks here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, the the other guys that kind of caught my eye, I mean, Hornibrook, I, I'm not interested in. Tate Martell wasn't even named the starter at Miami. It might be a slot. Uh, Ian Buck at Notre Dame, I think. He's not, he's yeah. not bad. He's, he's small. Redshirt yeah. junior, so he can still go back. He, obviously, Notre Dame kind of found their groove last year when he became their starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him as a short, accurate passer. He's got some mobility as well. Some Colt McCoy to his game, I thought. Yeah. Uh, but overall, not like the most physically talented guy in terms mm-hmm. of size and arm strength. Really clean footwork, I found, though. Um, but, again, he he's kind of like Shea Patterson. Yeah. Just... Like, maybe a late day three guy, potentially, with some mm-hmm. improvements. And you're looking at uh, okay backup in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Ryan Wilson was a pleasant surprise for Votek. Yeah. Can't deny that, the, Rob. The Kansas transfer. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's well built. Um, and I think with him, you're getting decent arm talent. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got some mobility. I want to see a full year of him. With yeah. Votek, because, yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere. He wasn't supposed to be the starter. Josh Jackson was, and yeah. then he got hurt and transferred. Uh, Votek's kind of up in the air right now, though, because apparently t- they have players trying to lose so they wouldn't make a bowl game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Fuente yeah. got a lot of work there. But yeah. Willis, kind of an interesting big-body guy, decent arm, decent mobility. But, yeah, overall, this isn't the conference you're going to for 2020 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, when Trevor Lawrence comes along, I think he's Carson Palmer-esque. 
<laughs> on the other hand, maybe not a lot of quarterbacks, but a lot of skill position guys, particularly at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's most people have one of uh, DeAndre Swift or Travis Etienne as their number one running back. Obviously, Etienne yep. playing at Clemson, ACC running back. I have Swift over him, but he's my number two, and it's by a large margin right now. Yep. Uh, Go ahead, yeah. Uh, he apparently is up to 5'10", 215. It's a good size. That's exactly the size of Alvin Kamara, who is exactly who he reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Just the combination of contact, balance, open field elusiveness, um, home run hitting ability, yeah. and just overall quickness to hit a hole, make a quick decision, and chunk. Like He's got the ability to rip off chunk runs but also break home runs. Mm-hmm. He's a dynamic runner. And what I really want to see this year is just how he can play a positive role in the passing game. Who do you go to next? Is it your, uh, your boy Cam Akers or where do you go? Oh, ha. I'm probably alone in this. Um, after Etienne, who I, I think is like with the, he's the best offense player in the conference. Yeah. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised by North Carolina running back Michael Carter. Okay. So, in a conference with Etienne, Dylan, Akers, I go Carter second. Wow, okay, let's hear it. Um, So, 5'9", 195, not the base dude in the world, true junior. Mm -hmm. Kind of split time with Antonio Williams and I forget another running back at UNC last year. Yeah. But I thought he was dynamic. Um, really impressive contact balance for a kind of a smaller guy, but open field elusiveness, making people miss, big burst, caught the ball really clean, just an instinctual runner. Uh, I want to see him obviously in a bigger role this year um, with Mac Brown taking over as well. Mm-hmm. I like sell some Delvin Cook to him, some work Whoa. done. I I don't know if I'm just like totally missing the mark here, but I was in on what I was seeing from him. Uh, issues, like, not the most powerful guy, because undersized, doesn't run behind his pads uh, consistently, Mm -hmm. struggles with pass blocking, uh, and a little bit fumbly, but overall, I was, like, kind of blown away, because I didn't know anything about him. Yeah, only 84 attempts from last year, but he had 7.1 per carry. Yeah, he's a really interesting kind of, like, not the type of running back you want to pound the ball with, but just I thought he had a really good like the traits are perfect for today's NFL. From what what what, uh, what grade did you slap on him? Like I think like third. Round. Whoa, okay, that's a big time grade. Yeah, I'm in on right. him. You're in. You are. I invented the hype. Uh, after him, I have AJ Dillon. I, I was going back and forth between AJ Dillon and Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Yeah, I have them both uh, kind of in the same tier. Um, and I worry with Dylan because he's six foot two fifty, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, does he have enough athleticism for the league? It does. Can he really play on passing downs because he's not adding much as a pass catcher? Mm-hmm. Um, is he? Yeah, is overall athleticism enough? And then I, I just like I couldn't get over the elite contact balance and the power. He just mm-hmm. looked like Jamal Lewisy. And, like, I know that's not a great fit for today's game, but it wasn't in the way where... Do you remember at LSU, Leonard Fournette, like, never 
played out of shotgun. Yeah. He's Dylan's taking a lot of carries of the shotgun. He can yeah. he can carry the ball out of shotgun, which is seems like not something you'd be like, oh wow, so amazing. But for a running back like that, mm-hmm. it's obviously a huge positive because they need to be able to play in shotgun even if they're this big, massive downhill runner. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, he, he's consistently car- breaking first contact and carrying defenders down the field. So I I do think there's a role for a guy like that in the NFL still. He's just an absolute hammer. But He's fun, that's for sure. I think I mean, there, there, there's kind of a, he is what he is, high floor, mm-hmm. lower ceiling guy. And then Cam Akers is the complete opposite, where it's, yeah, yeah. he'll have these games where he's taking over, and you think, this guy's got some, like, Joe Mix into his game. Um, he The patience, the contact, balance, the athleticism, he makes some incredible catch at times. He's inconsistent with his hands, but he's got the ability to do it, and he's very instinctual. But mm-hmm. then there will be games where, and, and partially because he plays a terrible offensive line, questionable QB play, but there will be some games where it's like 10 straight carries that don't go for more than two yards. Like it's yeah. kind of inconsistent with him. Yeah. But he has the athletic traits the NFL is going to fall in love with. And he might be a guy who ends up being a better pro than college player, unless this ends up being the year he really breaks loose. Mm-hmm. I mean, 1,000 yards is a frosh, and then only, like, in the 700s last year took a bit of a step back, but so did the whole team, right? Yeah. Um, other than him, there's a couple other guys. What, like, I thought DJ Dallas was interesting, the Miami running back. Yeah. Uh, kind of a bigger body dude, 5'10", 220, true junior, contact balance. Mm-hmm. Not going to do a lot for you in passing downs. Um, not the most athletic guy in the world, but can you just – a guy runs with a lot of effort, which I always enjoy. Uh, yeah. The the best um, senior running back, I thought, Antonio Williams, the other North Carolina guy, who's an Ohio State transfer, He he's complete effort. Um, just not the most athletic guy in the world, but quick quicks are there, like uh, short area quickness and effort. Um, and I can't... I, I could see him him and Carter kind of pairing. And North Carolina is a really interesting team to me because obviously they were horrible last year. Now Mac Brown's in. They named mm-hmm. Sam Howell uh, a true freshman. They're starting yeah. quarterback. But I thought both those guys were interesting. Um, and they have some interesting offensive, like uh, left tackle Charlie Hack's very interesting. So I, I, I could see them not, not being a quick turnaround, but being a lot more competitive this year. If they had a running back named Michael Carter Williams, would you ever first round grade on him? Uh, is he six six and gonna average ten six and six? Yeah, you of course. Be rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Then you get him at pick eleven. Yes, please. Uh, other than that, um, Deion Jackson, the Duke running back, kind of caught my attention, but nobody else was really over mm-hmm. the top there. Um, jumping over to receiver. There's a lot of receivers that there's there's obviously T Higgins is the big name. Yeah. Jeff Thomas is kind of the wild card. But there's a lot of other there's a lot of depth at receiver in the conference is kind of my number one takeaway. Um, which I wasn't necessarily like there's a couple guys I didn't know a whole lot about and I came away pretty impressed. But I think my biggest hottest take was I have Jeff Thomas over T Higgins. Really? 
So obviously Jeff Thomas was burst onto the scene, looked amazing against LSU last year, was kind of the dude in Miami early. Yep. Then mm-hmm. uh, kind of slowed down, then was kicked off the team and was going to transfer to Illinois. Yeah. And then Mark Richt retired, Manny Diaz became the head coach, and Jeff Thomas came back. It was weird. It is very weird. So, like, there's going to be a red flag there, but the talent is hard to question. And he's not the biggest dude. 5'10", 170. But we've seen, obviously, in today's NFL, they've moved away from, like, the power forward type of receivers. When you see a guy like Hollywood Brown go in the first round, a guy like DK Metcalf fall to the last pick of the second round, where they're looking for these elite athletes who can do more than just uh, stretch the field. Like, Thomas is a guy who, if he improves as a route runner, he's going to be awesome this year because Mm -hmm. he has this deep speed and ability to separate um, just with the athleticism. But he's also got amazing body control. And in that LSU game, I think there's two or three catches where it's just incredible. It really stood out, for sure. And he plays really strong through contact for a smaller receiver. Um, I, I think he's got the ability to play on the outside, but slot's going to be his money-making spot in the NFL, especially with the importance in today's uh, NFL to have a slot. But yeah, if he can improve his overall route-running ability, which I think like the tools are there in the way that we thought that with Hollywood Brown, then Hollywood mm-hmm. Brown obviously put it together in his junior season. Yep. Uh, or Richard's sophomore season. Uh, I think Jeff Thomas could do the same. Like, I How big's... Uh, yeah. I've wrote down Santana Moss. It's a pro comparison. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to know. <laughs> like, I That's really it. like him. Um, how, big is, how big is the grade? Now, I, I've been thinking about this lately. Yeah. When we talk about grades. It's so early, like, I... And, and Daniel... It's almost... Daniel Jeremiah yeah. kind of pointed this out when I was listening to Move to Six this week. It's like almost like when we, we, we put grades on the guys, obviously, technically, because that's how this works. But mm-hmm. you almost more want to tier them at this point. And I would, yeah. I would put them in the second tier of guys at like tier ones, the Judys, the Lambs, the Chanel's, and like the Henry Ruggs and Jalen uh, Rager. But like I put them in that next tier with KJ Hill, like Tyler Johnson, okay. T. Higgins. And Colin Johnson, probably. Oh, and Tyler Tillman Wells. It's such a good receiver class. But, yeah. Like, I have him just slightly above T. Higgins. Okay. And, uh, like, you kind of said the opposite. Higgins is the bigger body. Well, taller, at least. Yeah. he He's not, like, the massive power four guy. 6'3", no. 205. Obviously, he's bigger. But, um, yeah. a guy who the body control and catch radius mm-hmm. are impressive. Yeah. Um, he's also got athleticism to separate uh, for a taller receiver, but I just don't think overall the route running kind of wasn't enough for me right now. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think he he's not going to be doing a ton consistently after the catch. Yeah. I think he like Kenny Galladay is who came to mind when I watched him, and now Kenny Galladay's obviously been quite good uh, yeah. with the lines. But I'm not the biggest Kenny... Like, I think Marvin Jones is better than Kenny Galladay if we're just talking straight lines receivers. Um, which I'd love to. Love talking straight lines receivers. And uh, so I, I get the hype behind Higgins, but I don't get putting him in that 
first tier. Yeah, and like I don't think he's anywhere near Jerry Judy, C. D. Lamb right now. He's he's closer to Colin Johnson, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like he's a top ten receiver, but he's in the back portion of that top ten mm-hmm. in my mind. And now I know I'm higher on guys like Jeff Thomas and KJ Hill uh, than a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. you're in, you're in on KJ Hill with me though. I know. That. Yes, I am. Um, but yeah, I, I like obviously I'm impressed by T Higgins. I'm just not. I don't think he's some surefire first round guy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in this class, right? Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I mentioned kind of just the depth with this receiver class. Uh, one guy who, if you watched Tyree Jackson at Buffalo last year, you knew who Anthony Johnson was. But there's this mm-hmm. other receiver who kept catching your eye. That was KJ Osborne. He's since transferred out of Buffalo and he's a Miami Hurricane now as a redshirt senior. Um, yeah. He's my next guy uh, as uh, in this receiver group, and I think he's a guy with a lot of potential as an NFL slot. And he just. I know it was in the MAC last year, so there's gonna be an adjustment period jumping from the MAC to the ACC. But his there is there though? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, his ability after the catch to make guys miss in the open field mm-hmm. was really impressive, and his ability to separate as a deep threat as well. So he's kind of got both those things working for him. He's a very solid route runner. I think he can still improve, and he he needs to be more nuanced with his releases at the line, but. I really liked what I saw from him as a um, potential day three slot type. And then another guy who kind of came out of nowhere for me, Joe Reed, the Virginia receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, big body, like thick. 6'1", 215. One of the best kick returners in the country. Uh, and then yeah. you throw on the tape, and the abilities of kick returner clearly translates to his ability to make guys miss uh, after the catch. Um Decent hands. Want to see more from him as a route runner. Uh, but, yeah, the athleticism and, and yards after catch ability really caught my eye. I think he is an interesting weapon. And, again, you get the big plus with him as a kick returner. Um, there's also Amari Rogers. I know he tore his ACL, so he's going to miss this season. But he, yes. in two Which years, sucks. he's going to be a re- another Clemson receiver. It's going to be quite interesting. It'll be him and Justin yeah. Ross, obviously. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah, Rogers has that, like, Percy Harvin type of receiver mold to him. Yeah, he's electric, for sure. And then you've got the two uh, Wake Forest receivers, Sage Surratt and Scotty Washington, who are both uh, bigger dudes. Um with uh, strong 50-50 ball ability. And mm-hmm. I th- like they're both pretty raw. I think Sur- yeah. Surratt's more upside. Really strong hands. Really like his catch radius and test catch ability. Um, Want to see more from him in terms of route running. And that will help his separation deep. And then with Scotty Washington, he's huge. Mm-hmm. Six four, it's two twenty five, and can kind of stretch the field a bit for a guy that big. Yeah, but not much in terms of running or after the catch ability. No, like he intrigued me last summer, like enough to like have a late draftable on him. But yeah, um, yeah, like you said, the spectacular catches and uh, the movement ability couldn't getting off the line. If like he, he pressed, it was like it was bad for a big guy. I didn't like that, but yeah. It's interesting for the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then both Louisville receivers, uh, Des Fitzpatrick, Seth Dawkins are okay. Mm-hmm. 
I thought Maurice French from Pittsburgh was a little bit interesting. And then the kind of the wild card in the entire thing is Tamorian Terry, the Florida State receiver. 6'3", 203, redshirt sophomore with a great catch radius, big-time speed, um, kind of questionable hands. It doesn't really run anything other than that nine route, but he uh, a lot of athletic, like height, weight, speed, upside guy. Mm. Um, yeah, the the receiver group overall very very interesting. Tight ends not so much. <laughs> uh, kind of I I don't think anybody here that I watched was draftable. Uh, Trey McKitty, the Florida State uh, tight end, has some athletic upside, so he's got to watch as a true junior. I thought Carl Tucker was like kind of like weird body six two. Uh, uh, I believe 240 255 yeah yeah and playing more of an H back like fullback type role so I could see him maybe getting on the roster as a fullback but you got the the West Go comp for him right Dal- Dalton Keen yeah Dalton Keen the Virginia Tech guy same deal he's playing a lot of fullback slash H back mm-hmm. yeah none, none of them really caught my eye um moving to the offensive line kind of a weak group the yeah the best offensive lineman isn't technically in the ACC because he plays at Notre Dame. Uh, Liam Liam Eichenberg. Eichenberg. I'm not sure either, to be honest. Uh, six five three zero five. Um, mm-hmm. Right tackle for Notre Dame. I, I believe he was a right tackle last year. I can't think. I'm, it's very late right now. I think so. Wasn't he? Um, but a lot of the same stuff you saw with Mike McGlinchey. Not going to blow you away with athleticism, mm-hmm. but just a very technically sound player who's really strong at the point of attack and a big-time finisher. I thought uses length and hands really well. Um, strong base and balance for his anchor. Uh, in terms of um, pa- like pass blocking, he... He like there's clearly a lack of athleticism, but the footwork was pretty clean for a guy who mm-hmm. who isn't a big time athlete. Um, in the run game, just a, a mauler, a mean finisher, but uh, kind of not consistent. Getting into the second level, you can see a lack of athleticism. But he is one of the ten best tackles in this class, I thought. Yeah, like he didn't look silly against that Clemson defensive line in the Cotton Bowl, right? Yeah, like he's currently my seventh overall offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, left tackle in that game, Rob. Just okay. Uh, and then I thought um, Tremaine Ankrum, the Clemson – Sorry, he's the right tackle, the Clemson right tackle. Yeah, yeah. But he's 6'2", 310. He's going to be a guard in the NFL. There's mm-hmm. n- not a lot of length with him, but interesting guy. Really good uh, finisher in the running game, but footwork, bend. Uh, doesn't Because of his lack of length, he can kind of get exposed in pass protection. That's why he's definitely a guard in the NFL. I think a power scheme guard's a good fit for a guy like that. Uh, I like Charlie Heck, the North Carolina tackle. I mentioned mm-hmm. him a little bit earlier. Um, he uh, he's a guy who's six seven three ten. His brother played for the Ravens. Um, kind of like a poor, poor man's Eichenberg, where he's not a great athlete, 
but he he's, does a lot in the run game. He, I, I think he's got potential to be a swing tackle in the NFL. Um, Fair enough. His feet are a little slow. Plays a little high at 6'7", but um, really good use of the length and uh, really strong run blocker. Sorry, talking a lot. Um, it's very late. Mecky Becton, the Louisville tackle, I know he had some hype. Right now, for me, my issue with him is he is clearly massive, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he's kind of just too slow and unathletic. Yeah. Uh, physical player who you, who's got strong hands. And it's just, I can't see him making it as a tackle at 6'6, 355 with his lack of foot speed right now. Yeah. Um, is the, you think the hype is just generated because he's so big? I, I think he was a big recruit, too. Yeah. Because I don't know why there was ever first round talk about him. I don't know. It feels like Louisville always has, like, weirdly overrated dudes, like, and then they just disappear. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Moving the Robert Hainsey, the other Notre Dame tackle, is a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wake Forest has a pair of tackles, Nathan Gilliam and Jake Benzinger, that were a little bit interesting. But nobody who really got my juices flowing. Um, mm-hmm. Going to the interior, uh, the, two, the two guys who really showed – Anything we're both Clemson guys. John Simpson, six four three thirty, um, guard. Who, really, uh, a nice physical player, but again, lack of athleticism. I think power scheme type of guard. He's got to make a leap as a senior, and then Gage Cerveka, Cervenka, who played center mm-hmm. and guard. He was a backup last year, but he played a lot of snaps. He was like basically a part time starter. Um, I, I know it's not great, but is it, is this the most talent Clemson has had on the offensive line in the last little bit? I'm trying to think. Mitch Hyatt sucked. Yeah, exactly. Like Hyatt was hyped. All, as all like, three of these guys look like they can be draftable. So mm-hmm. Yes, and like they haven't they haven't had many big time offensive line draftable prospects, right? Right. Um, Cervenka, who I think is probably going to be the starting center this year, six two three twenty five, a big guy. Really physical. But, yeah, that was kind of my takeaway with all three Clemson linemen. Not a lot of athleticism. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of length. But a lot of power. And all three were thick builds. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the most disappointing guy I think I saw was Notre Dame guard Tommy Kramer. I swear I saw first-round hype on him. Uh, I've seen, I've seen like, yeah, big, big hype on him. I, I don't know. He's not for me. 6'5", 319. Really good physical run blocker but just plays so free and high mm. uh you think he's six seven that's how high he's playing and his footwork's just messy and he just doesn't move very well like there's a long way to go i think with him to be more than a day three pick so mm-hmm. yeah uh, other than that there's no one who's below me i was kind of disappointed with a lot of the senior talent in the acc this year yeah, that's fair. But, um, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Uh, they, the, it just, I don't know. I, I thought overall the Big Ten had a lot more. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I guess maybe that was just in terms of line play in general. A, a, a lot of the ACC offensive talents just receivers and running backs. Yeah. Which, I mean, nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of them and a lot no. of talent there. But Usually usually how it goes in the ACC, too. Though, but, right? yeah, the, the line play and quarterback play and tight end play. 
um, mm-hmm. kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. But you know what's not disappointing? What's that? When I remember the days when I was always ready to go. Want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence back in bed? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you mm-hmm. know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in discreet package so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first free, first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. I hear they taste pretty good. You know that part where I sit on a full stomach or empty? Why not just fill your stomach with Blue Chew? <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's safe, Rob. Don't do that. Just take one or however many they say. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on to the defense side of the football. Thank you. I could have been there all night. Uh, I know. Okay. Interior defensive lineman. Well... You know you know what else would be there all night, Ralph? Shut up. Uh, Clemson's boys are all gone. But... Yeah. Okay. Basically, there's two guys on the interior defensive line that I was interested in from the ACC. Yeah. Um, first guy, uh, true junior Marvin Wilson from Florida State. Mm-hmm. He is, I think, a former five-star. Six- uh, I've seen the hype for him. Yeah, yeah, I believe so as well. Yeah, six four three fourteen. Clearly an athletic guy, mm-hmm. explosive. Um, really good at shooting gaps with his quickness. Good motor. Uh, plays with good leverage. Hand use is improving. He's a guy I think could make a huge leap this year. Um, especially if Florida State's more competitive and gets more eyeballs on them. With what I want to see from him this year is improved uh, anchor in the run game and just overall strength. Like the athleticism and length stand out, but yeah, he's got to get stronger against the run. Um, and just developing more of a pass rush plan. Not a ton of power in terms of pass rush. Uh, kind of just wins with the athleticism. So just getting stronger overall is going to be a huge key to his season. But a really interesting guy who, if you told me come draft time he was a top uh, like 60 prospect, I'd fully believe it. All right, all right. I mean, I've heard good things, Rob. Uh, who's your second guy in the group? Uh, because NC State knows how to develop defensive linemen. <laughs> Just say your catchphrase already. 
Closest thing to an asphalt program, man. <laughs> uh, Laurel Murchison. Okay, he's a redshirt senior. He's been like a... He was like not a full-time starter, but this is going to be the year. 6'2", 291. What stood out with him was the motor, uh, the explosiveness, the quickness, the leverage. And for him, it's, a, it's similar in terms of he needs to get stronger. Uh... Could kind of when double teams came at him, he's kind of moved way too often against the run. Yeah, um, which is gonna happen when you're smaller interior defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. But just he uh, he makes splash plays, and this year is about consistency, and just even in that consistency, just making the play where you're not noticed. Because a lot yes. of the time with him, it would be he's making the play, and that's why I'm noticing him. Or he's yep. getting so, so far removed from the play, that's why I'm noticing mm-hmm. him. But he's that's a, yeah. very interesting guy who plays kind of with his hair on fire. And that was kind of it in terms of interior defensive linemen that I, I was really interested in from this group. Man, ACC disappointing me. Uh, how about on the edge, Rob? Well, just going forward, the rest of the... the they, they might lock some interior defensive linemen, but edge, linebacker, corner, and safety, they got dudes. And yeah. Edge, they have some big names, some guys who could actually go in the first round. Um, my number one guy ended up being Notre Dame's Julian Aquara. Mm-hmm. 6'4", Not your classic hand to the dirt no. edge, but in the stand-up role, 3-4 kind of guy. I was really interested in him. Big, big, big motor. Explosive motor. Um... Starting to use his hands really well, I found. Uh, good bend. The pass rush upside is there with him. He needs to get better at setting the edge and making plays against the run and just overall strength. But yeah, he's a he's a bit of a thinner frame. You, you would like to see him mm-hmm. as a 3-4 outside backer. Um, I want to see him kind of win with more just absolute speed and dip rush because I don't think the power rush is going to come with him. Um, and stringing together combo moves, but like I, I've seen him in the first round. I'm not there on him. Yeah, I think right now he's like a early day three guy. But he to me was the most intriguing. Um, Alton Robinson's uh, my number two guy there. Uh, who's another guy uh, who I've, I don't know if I've seen him in the first round, but definitely is a top like fifty prospect. The Syracuse yeah. edge. Yeah. And he's kind of a guy who, not the most athletic guy, doesn't have a great bend, but the motor and the heavy hands, and he sets the edge pretty well. Um, kind of, I wrote down Olivier Vernon when I was watching him, who just went off against the Buccaneers in the preseason. Um, he, he's a guy who I could see making that, almost like that Josh Allen leap. Oh, okay. Not to I mean, that I, extent, but just... As a senior, like, everyone knows who he is. Yep. And, yeah, he's interesting for sure. But then as a senior, he makes this massive leap. I think him and then uh, the other guy I would put in that category is who could be that guy this year is Darrell Taylor from Tennessee, who we'll talk about on the SEC show. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, how about the other Notre Dame edge? What do you think of Klee Kareem? Uh, I'm, I don't think he's very good. Okay. No, I I just seen some some love for him too. That's why I wanted to ask you. Oh yeah, no, he, not for me. Um, no, I'm after those two guys. I think both Miami guys, Trevon mm-hmm. Hill, who's a Virginia Tech transfer. Yep. 
um, was kicked off the team after just three games last year. It was kind of yeah. Kind of seems strange that he was kicked off the team for just like he didn't really do anything uh, outrageously wrong. He just kind of yeah. he was upset during that old Dominion halftime, and they kicked him <laughs> off the team. Anyway, yeah, Virginia Tech got weird stuff going on. He is explosive. He can win with speed. He's got big time bend. Um, 6'3", 245. Just the athleticism and bend are going to get the NFL's attention. You want to see him learn to use his hands as a pass rusher. If the initial speed uh, and dip doesn't work, like he doesn't really even have a rip that he can go to a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this, the I absolutely love a speed dip and rip, but he doesn't really have that. It's got to be initial explosive first step speed for him to win a lot mm-hmm. of the time. But if he can uh, work that, like a rip and a swipe in, um, I think he, he's going to make a big leap. I'd even throw him in that Josh Allen type of category. I'm just going to say that about everybody. Every senior. But, yeah, he's guy dripping with uh, just potential. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Jonathan Garvin, who's kind of flying under the radar, the other Miami edge. 6'4", 250. I thought he... At times, it's more impressive than Joe Jackson last year for Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, similar type of player to Joe Jackson where he's not going to wow you with athleticism, uh, but the motor and ability to set the edge and just... He's kind of a, a edge technician. 6'4", 250. He can add a little bit more weight and strength. I think you've got a nice, interesting uh, base run defender there. It's going to be interesting with uh, Jalen Phillips there, too. Yeah, does he have to sit out, though? I don't know. I was just Googling it. They're uh, uh, Miami's transfer you, though. Yeah, they are. Um, and then, Honestly, Phillips was like the number one or number two recruit in the country, right? Yeah. Uh, Rashad Weaver, who's a guy who's going to sit out the whole year because he tore his ACL from Pitt. thought he was a little bit interesting. Kendall Coleman, the other Syracuse edge. Um James Smith-Williams, the NC State edge, powerful guy, but you just see more athleticism and bend from him on the edge. Uh, I guess I will just move on to linebackers now. Let's do it. Where the second-best linebacker in the country resides. He's not a safety. He's a linebacker. His name is Isaiah Simmons. He mm-hmm. for Clemson. So, okay, so you're firmly in the linebacker category with him? Uh, that's what he plays, so I don't know why anyone will miscast him. He's also 6'3", 225. Yeah, I, I get kind of triggered when I see people call him a safety still. Mm-hmm. Like, I, maybe just as a compliment, you know what I mean? Because he moves so well. But then, like, he's not going to play there in the NFL. I know, I know. Like, 6'3", 225, that is perfectly fine for today's NFL. Right, he reminds me a lot of Levante David. He he's, ex- like perfect will, mm-hmm. explosive. The range is insane. Apparently, he could run sub four or five, um, and he's super aggressive. Like the the on- mm-hmm. the main question with him is going to be instincts, but I think you just put him at will and he's going to just go off. He could be this year's Devin White. I'm just copying everyone to guys who took huge leaps. But, yeah, it, to me, after Dylan Moses, it's Isaiah Simmons, and they're both the Tier 1 linebackers, and nobody else is on their level. Mm-hmm. Like Simmons is a freak. Um, 
and if he ends up being like six six two two thirty and runs a four four five, I don't see how he's not going to be a top twenty pick. I, he I agree. He is all the for tools sure. for uh, to be a will in today's NFL. Uh, after that, a pair of Virginia linebackers really caught my eye. Uh, uh, everyone knows Charles Snowden, I think, at this point, kind of, just because he's a strange uh, type of player. He's kind of playing. He's 6'6", 225. He, he stands out when you watch. Edge, he plays a bit of linebacker. Yeah. 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 Stands out when you watch the games. Explosive. Mm-hmm. Explosive moves really well. Adds some as a pass rusher. Um, just... The body type is so strange. Like, he's going to instantly draw comparisons to Anthony Barr because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, as a as a true junior, you want to see him do more in coverage. Yeah. Uh, he broke up a lot of passes last year. He, he did. A freaky amount, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also want to see him be more aggressive against the run, more consistent with tackling. The instincts are going to be a question with him. There's also going to be the question of, are you playing him as an edge or a linebacker in the NFL? Because the role he plays for Virginia is far more close to an off-ball linebacker role than yeah. an edge role. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, but but yeah. I'm sure some people will project him to be an edge. He, he's he's going to be a fun one to keep your eye on, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And the other Virginia linebacker is Jordan Mack, who I didn't know a whole lot about, 6'2", mm-hmm. senior. Um Liked his instincts a lot. Decent athlete. Awesome motor. Aggressive physical tackler. Uh, he's my number two linebacker in the ACC after Simmons. Wow. Okay. Like, I have him above Kenneth Murray right now. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was pretty impressive. Uh, and then Shaq Quarterman's a guy who... Mm-hmm. He... Uh, he uh, we've He's been around a while. It feels like he's been there for like 10 years. Yeah, I mean, his fourth year as a starter, he's exactly what you expect. Just makes every tackle, mm-hmm. good instincts, not the greatest athlete in the world. Needs to do a better job getting off blocks, too. That that was something uh, that concerned me. But, like, mm-hmm. he's Denzel Perriman. Like, that's just, he's a Denzel Perriman again. Yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean that as a compliment. He also stays healthier than Denzel Perriman. But yeah, like he's the type of guy who probably ends up being like a th- third, fourth round guy, but can like kind of come in and just play right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not like high floor, low ceiling. Low, low ceiling, exactly. And then with yeah. like Snowden's super low floor, super <laughs> yeah. high ceiling, Isaiah Simmons is just going to be a pro bowler. And then Max, Max a, a bit of both. High floor, he's the best high player ceiling. in the He's the greatest in the player in the country. Thank you for saying it, admitting it. Finally. Uh, but seriously, the best player in this conference plays corner for Virginia, and his mm-hmm. name is Bryce Hall. Mm-hmm. Had he come out last year, he would have been the first corner off the board. I still think so. Yeah, I don't think it would have been close. Yeah. Uh, he went back to Virginia for his senior year. The corner class is way more talented this year with guys like Christian Fulton, Jeffrey Okuda, C.J. Henderson, Paulson mm-hmm. Adebo. Um, but yeah, I still have him as my number one corner. Six one two hundred. Elite man coverage, uh, with uh, just his instincts and ability to mirror his footwork is so crisp. He's a technician. Mm-hmm. His ball skills are unbelievable. Ball skills are often overrated as just interceptions. His ability to break up passes and just yeah. locate the ball and play through yeah. contact and make plays is incredible. Um, 
I think he's also a, a consistent tackler, really strong press technique. To me, the question that will arise with him is going to be overall athleticism, probably, and mm-hmm. long speed. But I don't. He just he's so technically sound. Uh, I love Brace Hall. Yeah, he's he's very fucking good. And like, if he runs a four five five or something, like you gonna worry about that? The the thing that's gonna hurt him though is when C.J. Henderson, Jeffrey Okuda, Christian Fulton, Pulse Nadebo <laughs> all run sub four five. Yeah, like I guess. the thing that will hurt him isn't gonna be his gamer, like kind of coming into question. It's just there's so many talented corners this year, and there might yeah. be more upset with those other guys because they're overall athleticism i think yeah that's kind of the yeah. thing for him it almost feels like people are talking him down because like over you know like the classic yeah, like yeah overexposure hype guy we've, going back we've, to we've senior seen him for so long that we're now looking for holes that aren't there yeah exactly um yeah. after him it's kind of interesting because if you ask me 2017 levante taylor would be the second best <laughs> corner in this conference 2018 <laughs> Levante Taylor would not be. In 2019, yeah. Levante Taylor's a safety. Yeah. So, he's kind of a big, big, big wild card. I'm really interested in that transition to safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I thought he was better in zone than he was in man. And I thought his instincts in zone coverage were really impressive. So, if you stick him, stick him back there and just let him read QBs, I think he's got really good ball skills. This could be a huge... Um, transition. Like a in a positive way though, especially yeah, yeah. after the the struggles he had a, a, as a junior. Yeah. Um, the issue is he's not the most aggressive guy. I don't know what he's going to give you against the run. I wonder yeah. if like what kind of safety role he'll be playing. Is he going to be playing more of like actually just an overhang nickel type, mm-hmm. or is he going to be playing like uh, too deep? Is he going to be a, a single high type of guy? So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to judge what I think of him because I don't know what he's going to be doing this year. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, we, exactly. Like, I don't know. And like, like you said, eighteen was bad, but seventeen was really good. Yeah, I think he's got the the feet uh, in hips yeah. to yeah. be a corner, but um, obviously there was a big drop off last year. Uh, yeah, so he's a guy to really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, the other Florida State guy, Stanford Samuels the third, is kind of mm-hmm. a, a guy who uh, I know Jordan Reed from the Draft Network set, called him a sleeper recently, and so I watched him and uh, I thought he was a really interesting um, press zone guy. Six one one ninety five uses his length really well, good instincts, uh, very smooth um, uh, hips and footwork. Kind of struggled with uh, man coverage at times, but just in, in the right system, I think you got like a James Bradbury type of guy. Mm-hmm. So I thought that he was pretty interesting. Trajan Bandy, the Miami corner, undersized guy who's going to be a nickel in the NFL. Um, he, he's got to be more physical and feisty because that's what I like in my nickels, but ball, ball skills are big time, really fluid hips. Um, good instincts, breaks breaks on the play quickly, reaction time's good, but yeah, he needs to be more physical. Um, there's a bunch of dudes though, like AJ Terrell's a guy who's got yeah. a lot of upside. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's better than Trayvon Mullen. Yeah. Six I, I, six I one one ninety, one of the best tackling corners in the entire country. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, with him, I need to see better ball skills. He just needs to find the ball more frequently. He's only mm-hmm. he's only entering true junior year. I also have some athleticism questions with him, but I love the length and physicality as a tackler. Uh, Mark Gilbert's a guy who's coming off the injury. He was kind of one of the top corners in the ACC last year and then got hurt early. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a big year as he returns to the field. But I, I like his uh, length um, and press man ability. Uh, Dane Jackson at Pitt was a guy I didn't know a whole lot about that I kind of came mm-hmm. away interested in as a uh, off off man guy. Um, and then Isang Basie, he's going to, I think, be a little bit polarizing. Not the biggest dude, not the most athletic dude, can miss some tackles, but really technically sound in zone coverage. So I think depending on system, some teams will love him, some teams will hate him. I think ultimately he's probably a nickel in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing for, you don't like pride at all, eh? I need, I need to see more from him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, there's just a lot of corners in this conference, to be honest. Uh, there is, yeah. Um, Amari Henderson's another guy from Wake. Uh, you mentioned pride from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're not technically in the conference, but Boston College <laughs> has another, Boston College has been producing a couple DBs here and there. Brandon yeah, Sebastian's a guy to watch. But uh, DBs in general, there's a, the safety groups. There's no like killer, but there's a lot of really interesting guys who do different things. I know you're a big Tanner Muse fan, so if you want special teams undrafted, Tanner Muse your guy. Um, <laughs> my number one safety in the ACC is Hamsa Nasiral Dean. I don't know if that's how you say it, but he's a Florida State safety, six three two fifteen. I've heard people call him a linebacker. Linebacker, like, mm-hmm. who was? I want to say Tampa Trey said he's the, uh, kind of like the poor man's Isaiah Simmons. Okay. <laughs> he's playing a far more true safety role, though. So yeah. I'm, I'm categorizing him as a safety. Uh, just really physical, aggressive tackler. Always coming downhill. Built like Derwin James. Um, good ball skills. Want to see more confidence in coverage? I felt like it, a lot of the time he was in the position to make the play and just mm. would kind of not make it, um, both in man and in zone. Uh, but he's big, athletic, physical. He's a guy who could really shoot up the board. Uh, Aloy uh, Gilman from Notre Dame, um, who is a Navy transfer, redshirt <laughs> junior. Um, he's, he's a guy who I really like. I don't know what the consensus is on him, but, Mm -hmm. uh, really aggressive physical tackler. Um, good in man coverage, decent athlete needs to get, uh, fluidity in the hips isn't great. Footwork can be a little choppy and his instincts and coverage, uh, aren't great in zone, but he can match up with tight ends. Um, DeMar Hamlin from Pitts, a guy who I, I, I liked a lot who I didn't really know a ton about. Really aggressive, um, smart football player, not a great athlete, not doing a ton in coverage. But I could see a lot of special teams upside there. Jalen Elliott, the other Notre Dame safety, Mm -hmm. I thought he did a really good job matching up with tight ends. But again, not the most fluid dude, not not a good tackler at all. Um, Miles Dorn's... A guy who's a bit of a wild card. A lot of upside. Big recruit at yeah. North Carolina. 
yeah. athleticism, physicality, but struggles in coverage. Kind of got took himself out of the play too often in coverage. And then Reggie Floyd, if you just want a dude who's going to come in and uh, kind of just hit you in the mouth, be too too aggressive, miss some tackles because of it, but play like a dime linebacker role, he's really interesting, 5'11", 220. He's kind of doing the same role Terrell Edmonds played for Virginia Tech. Um, he's a guy who I, I could see shoot up the board a lot. To the end of the first round, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, fuck that. But yeah, that, that, I don't know. Overall... There's a lot of interesting guys I need to see yeah. more of. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a lot of, like... The blue chip. Etienne is a blue chip. Um, yeah. I don't want to put T. Higgins in the blue chip category. I'll say it. Okay. No, that's fair enough. Um, fair enough. But, yeah, like, Simmons, Etienne, uh, Bryce Hall are all blue mm-hmm. chips. And then there's, like, kind of the second tier, which is where I would put Jeff Thomas, T. Higgins, Eichenberg, um... Like the guys who, who like are on the precipice yeah. of making that leap, like yeah, even like guys like Marvin Wilson, Julian Quarrell, and Robinson, yeah, are guys who I don't think are like clear day two picks right now, but I could see mm-hmm. them easily getting there. It's just a lot. The ACC is very interesting this year because it's very dominated by Clemson, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, in this in the standings is. It's not going to be interesting, at least. Yeah. In, like, like, yeah. I, I, for me, the best offensive prospect was Travis Etienne. The best defense prospect was Bryce Hall, which mm-hmm. my ACC prediction was Clemson over Virginia. Oh, that's the same as mine. I think, like, obviously Clemson's the pick, but then for yeah. Virginia, uh, just defensive talent, qu- quarterback experience, yep. playmaker in Joe Reed, um, I think they're just really well coached. Bronco Mendenhall knows how to build a program. <laughs> he does. Uh, anything else to add? Not really. I think that's it. It's like it's just, like it's just gonna be all Clemson, man. But I mean, hey, my city. They're good. The city of the week is Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. So that's the that's a correct choice. Goodbye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.